0: Hey, boys and girls, it's your host, Harlan Williams, and I am the host of (laughs) the Harlan Highway Podcast. All right, that was a bit over the top, but why not? It's the 90s. Uh, Hey, everybody, Harlan Williams here. Welcome to the Harlan Highway Podcast. Great to have you on board, or if you're making love, on broad. Hello. What a show today. Oh, my God. I'm finally admitting it. On today's show, I've been keeping this secret a long time. I am a flasher. Okay? I know I might be getting into trouble saying that out loud, but I'm going to finally talk about it today on the show. I'm a freaking flasher. Okay? There, I said it. Wait till you hear my confession. I'm a little scared, but I've I've got to get it out of my system. Also, Dr. Debbie Timer is here today. She's going to be taking phone calls. She's a life coach and a therapist, and she just likes to help people. So we'll be taking calls from all over the country. Dr. Debbie Timer, life coach. Uh, Also, a crazy news story. The things that some people do to their children Is insane. Wait till you hear the crazy news story. You're going to freak. And then lastly, we're going to talk about taking care of each other emotionally. Because that's what we do right here on the Harland Highway. I have
1: an announcement to
2: make. You're about to go down the Harland Highway. Lock the door. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me. You're riding down the Harlan Highway.
3: So, who do I have to fuck to get off
1: this boat? I can get you off. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself. Ah,
2: You're a cantaloupe. All right. Shame, big daddy. That's why I'm a drunk. When I'm drunk, I can stand myself.
1: Keep leaning on that tutor, Charlie, and you're gonna get a shot in the
2: mouth. Act like a man! What's up? I wasn't really sure what was going on.
1: You're listening to Harlan Williams. The rest is bullshit and you know it.
3: <laughs> Hi. I'm dr. Debbie timer and I'm your life coach. I am my baby's mother's sister's daughter and it's time to get a life your life well hello everybody I'm Dr. Debbie timer and welcome to the show where today we'll talk to people all over the country about issues and dilemmas pressing their lives, creating challenges, and putting up blocks and obstacles, and I am your life coach, and I will talk you and walk you through all your questions and concerns and dilemmas, if you will. So, be prepared to get open and honest and call in with your questions or your confessions, or whatever's on your mind. Whatever you think Dr. Debbie Timer can help you with in your life. So let's open up the phone lines and go all over the country. And let's start with, it looks like we have someone from, oh, this looks like Buffalo, New York. Go ahead, you're on the air with Dr. Debbie Timer. Hello, how are you?
2: Hi, hi, Dr. Debbie Thimer.
3: Hello, and what's your name?
2: Uh, my name's Karen
3: Bindleblast. Karen Bindleblast. Karen Bindleblast. Okay, and what What can we talk about with you tonight, Karen Bindleblast? Dr. Debbie Thimer. Yes. I like water chestnuts. Um, I beg your pardon, child? I like water chestnuts, Dr. Debbie Timer. Okay, um, I'm not sure what that means. It means I like water chestnuts. Okay, let's move along to our next caller. I
2: wasn't finished,
3: Dr. Debbie. (laughs) Okay, let's stop the mentally insane... Retarded laughing. Child, stop the goddamn laughing. Let's just move on to another call.
2: I like water chestnuts, Dr. Debbie Farmer.
3: Let's hang up and move on to another call, okay? Okay, good. Let's see. Looks like we have a call from Rochester, New York, just up from Buffalo. Let's go ahead and plug that call in. Hello, Rochester. You're on the line with Dr. Debbie Thimer. Uh,
2: Hello, Dr. Debbie.
3: Yes, and who is this?
2: Uh, Yeah, this is Paul Davidson from Rochester, New York. How are you tonight?
3: Well, I'm very good, sir. It's good to hear your voice.
2: And How can we
3: address something going on? In your life
2: uh, Well, spoiler uh, boy, oh boy, Dr. Debbie This is a little awkward for me A little hard to talk about
3: Well, that's why we're here That's why we set up the phone lines tonight, David We, we want people to open up And there is a certain amount of animi- Animinity Animinity Animinity? An, an- yes uh, on, on the phone lines
2: well, well, okay, uh... Boy, oh boy, I guess I should just blurt this out.
3: Well, whatever it is that you want to talk about, uh, the best thing is it's like, you know, walking into a cold lake or jumping in a cold pool. Just jump right in. and Once you're in, once you're acclimated, it's really not that bad.
2: O- okay, well, God. Here we go, Debbie, uh... I, I don't know if this is legal in every state. I don't know if this is illegal. I don't know. Uh...
3: Well, why don't you tell us what it is, and we can determine that.
2: Okay, uh, I am a a flasher. I'm sorry. I, I am a flasher, Doctor Debbie. I, I, I. There, I said it. It's out there in the world. Oh my God! I'm so.
3: Just calm down. Well. You know, this is a big step, and flashing is a a symptom that that many people have.
2: I know. I've seen it before. I've witnessed it, and I I just... I just don't know if it's right.
3: Well, I can tell you right now, sir, that before I get into the rights and the wrongs, why don't you tell me... Give me an example of when you'd flash, where you flash.
2: Well, I... I I don't really have a spot, Dr. Debbie. I will do it out in the street. I've done it during the day. I've done it at night. I've done it right out in in plain sight, and I'm worried. I get nervous. My heart starts racing every time I flash. I feel like... I feel like, oh, my God. Am I I, I allowed... Is this legal? Am I going to get caught? What do people think? I mean...
3: Well, sir, it's... You know, we live in a society where there are people with very different fetishes, uh, different practices, and uh, we applaud you for opening up about this. It's not easy. There are others like you out there in society.
2: I, I know, like I said, Dr. Debbie, I've seen them and I don't know if I was inspired by them but I'm just trying to do something that I feel is good.
3: Well, flashing is, I'm afraid to burst your bubble, not good.
2: Well, you know, this is where I i, I get into a dilemma. That's why I've called you, Dr. Demi. Why, why isn't it good? Why why shouldn't I do it? And, and my big burning question is is, can I go to jail? Is it illegal if I get caught?
3: Well, okay, let's... Let's open the legal playbook, and the answer is yes. Uh, it is illegal, and uh, if you do flash someone, you will go and do some jail time.
2: Oh, god damn it, Dr. Debbie. I, you know, I just.
3: When was the last time you flashed someone?
2: Well, it was yesterday, uh, and it was just around sunset, and I was, you know, coming down the street, and I just started doing it compulsively, and I thought, look at all these other people out here. I'm going to flash them.
3: Well, so you did it. You did it for a group.
2: Oh, yeah, I must have flashed, you know, 20, 30 different people. I mean, just all in a row. Boom, boom, boom. Flash, 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 flash. And, and I'm, I'm feeling guilt. I'm feeling uh, anxiety. I'm, my hand is sweating on the steering wheel. I'm like, should I be doing this?
3: Well, I'm sorry, You're on the steering wheel?
2: Oh, yeah, I just gripped the steering wheel. And I'm, I'm thinking, oh, my God, am I going to get pulled over?
3: P- pulled over for flashing?
2: Yes, pulled over from flashing, Dr. Debbie. I mean, you know, like I said, I don't know if, if, if it's legally do, And I think I'm doing a service to people, you know.
3: Flashing people, sir, is not a service. Pulling your private parts, whether you're standing on a street corner or behind a bush or behind the wheel of your vehicle, you do not expose your genitalia to strangers. Uh,
2: what? What?
3: You heard me, sir. You do not pull out, and hear me well, you do not pull out your your penis or your testicles in front of complete strangers and flash them.
2: What, what penis? What the hell are you talking about, timer? I, d-
3: I don't think we should be playing games here, sir. I think you know what I'm talking about. You have been pulling out your penis and flashing people.
2: What What the hell are you talking about, Thimer?
3: Sir, I'm talking about what you're talking about.
2: I said I'm flashing people, you pervert.
3: Sir, do not raise your voice. You did say you were flashing, and I told you it is inappropriate and illegal. There could be children.
2: Well, yes, I actually saw many children in, in some of the vehicles I passed.
3: Oh my god.
2: But that doesn't mean I shouldn't give them a heads up that there's a police officer waiting down, you know, a mile down the road waiting to give them a ticket. I I'm sorry. But well, I don't, you know, I don't want them to get a ticket. They're speeding by me. I saw the police officer hiding with his with his speed gun. You know, behind a billboard, and I know what he's doing, because if I was going the other way, I'd want someone to flash their lights at me. So I didn't get a speeding ticket.
3: I'm sorry, flashing your lights?
2: Yes, flashing my my lights so that, you know, the people coming at me know there's a cop there waiting with a radar gun,
3: and so they don't get a ticket. There I am thinking, is this even legal? Is this... Wait a minute, I thought you meant... You were pulling out your penis.
2: What the hell is wrong with you, Simon? What are you, jerk jacked up on porno?
3: I'm not jacked. You said you were flashing and it was inappropriate, sir.
2: Yeah, I was flashing my headlights, trying to prevent people from getting a ticket warning them that there was a cop down the road with with a speed trap. What the hell, where's your mind at, you perverted sick fuck?
3: Would you watch your language, sir? I was under the impression you led me to believe,
2: Why don't you just go to the local Walmart buy an electric vibrator go home and start playing with yourself, you sick pig?
3: Sir, I am not a sick pig. I was under the assumption when you said you were flashing strangers, you were pulling open a trench coat, and you were
2: pulling out my penis. Look at you. What kind of life coach are you? An X-rated pervert life coach? Sir, I You are one sick fuck timer you? I hope you get a, a black eye From a fucking monkey at the zoo You pig
3: Okay Oh Okay I thought that that idiot Said he was flashing And he made it sound like he was Hang up Thank you for listening Good Christ in fucking heaven get, Hang up the lines I need a break Fucking asshole. Fuck me tender the next Thursday. Jesus Christ. F- flashing his goddamn headlights. What kind of fucking idiot.
0: Defender of the week. Champion of truth and justice. Oh, my- oh mighty flasher. Yes, I admit. Busted! Uh, you know, I got that—that that the idea for that—that that bit, the flashing bit, when recently I was a flasher. Okay, I don't know if any, how many of you have done this, where you're driving down the uh, the road or the highway or what any kind of surface street, and you're heading one way, and on the other side of the road you see a cop set up. With a speed trap, they got the old radar gun and they're just waiting for people coming the opposite way to you uh, unsuspectingly to speed right through their speed trap. And then, you know, the, the, those, those people don't have a chance. You know, the cop's watching them. He's, he's picking them up on radar. He's watching his little gun. You know, 50, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. And and so the people coming down the road just don't have any clue what they're what the, that they're being ambushed. So when I was a kid, when I was a youngin, I remember it was like common courtesy, common protocol that when you were coming down the highway and you saw a a, a speed trap. That what you did, whether it was daytime or nighttime, you you did what we call flashing your high beams or your headlights. You just kind of grab the 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 light switch and you just start flicking it. And so people heading towards the uh, the the uh, hidden cop see your lights flashing, and and everyone kind of knew the rules of the road. They're like, oh, that's that flashing light from the person coming the other way is an indication that. The popo are hiding in in the uh, road road, and they're gonna light you up and give you a nice fat ticket. And so recently, uh, you know, I did it. I was a few weeks ago. I was driving along as was on a on a road, and it was just outside of a town, and there was a cop car. And i I see all these cars coming, and I pass the cop car. So the cop car can't see my headlights because I'm going the other way, and I and I start feeling guilty. I almost feel like I have a, a moral, civic duty, an obligation to signal the unsuspecting citizens who are rolling towards the cop. It's almost like a fly heading towards a spider web. It's like you don't want the fly to get caught. You want to warn that fly to slow down or divert. And so I, I started flashing. And it was kind of weird because I felt kind of good. I felt like, oh, I'm the messenger boy. You know, it's like I'm, I'm the guy running through town warning everybody there's trouble up ahead. And then I'm feeling kind of good about myself. I'm, you know, I'm all, you know, inside. I'm like, oh, those people love me. You know, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting approval from strangers. I'm getting lifted up on the shoulders of strangers who, who approve of me, who appreciate me. People I've never met, people I don't know, and here I am saving them hundreds of dollars. Flash, 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 flash. I'm your little light flashing buddy. I'm, I'm going to save you money. I'm, I'm helping you. I'm like Paul Revere riding through town on the horse. The British are coming. The British are coming. The speed trap is coming. The speed trap is coming. And so I'm feeling real good about myself. And then I start thinking, you know, I don't really see people doing this anymore. I can't remember the last time somebody flashed me. I can't remember when somebody talked about being flashed or flashing. And so then I started thinking: Is it legal? Like, if 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 a cop saw you flashing your lights, can you get a ticket? But then I thought it's that whole game of uh, he said she said. Like, okay, how do you know what I was flashing my lights at? It could have been I could have been testing my lights. Um, was I flashing my lights? I don't remember flashing my lights. So I don't know if it's illegal or or legal. But then I was feeling a little guilty. And then, and then you start getting into the uh, you know the the uh, the element of the distance. Okay, so so the first few guys that drove past me, I didn't flash at all. I was like, "Ooh, I should tell." You know, that's that's the phase where I'm thinking about it. So I'm driving along. I see the cop. I keep driving past him. He's on the other side of the road now. Cars are coming towards me. And I'm thinking, do I do the right thing? Do I flash? Do I let them know? But by this time, about three or four cars have passed me. And I'm trying to, you know, grapple with the guilt and the legality and the moral issue. And and then I get through that and I go, okay, I'm going to warn them. So now the first four people kind of didn't get flashed and they're, they're possibly screwed. But now I'm flashing everyone that's coming my way. And in the back of my head, I'm thinking, what if one of them's a cop? What if I'm flashing all these cars, and one's a cop, and he lights me up? He goes, "What the hell are you doing, man?" Oh, I was just letting everyone know that your uh, partner down there has uh, got a speed trap, and he's gonna give him a ticket. You son of a bitch! You're a narc. I'm giving you a ticket for being a narc, you little freak. You know, and and then and then after a little while, you 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 go through this. This kind of euphoria, where you feel like you're the messenger, you're you're helping everyone, you're being the good guy, and you're thinking everyone driving by is thinking, "What a great guy! Oh, what a what a what a pal! That guy just warned me. He doesn't even know me, and he, he flashed me, and he let me know there's a cop." And and when you're doing that, you're thinking, "Okay, they're gonna see the cop within about half a mile, right?" But then you keep going and you start going, God, I'm kind of like a mile past the cop now. And I'm like two miles. And you think, at what point do you stop flashing? And you go, well, I guess I'm at the point where I'm like two miles. It's Maybe it's a bit too far. And then you kind of guiltily stop flashing. And then you start thinking, well, that guy's probably going to get a ticket because I didn't let him know. But... You know, I didn't want to flash him two, three miles down the road and he's he puts his brake lights on now and he's waiting and waiting. He's like, Where the hell's this cop? This guy just flashed me. I don't see a cop. And then he speeds up again because he thinks he's you know, there's no cop, and then sure enough, three, four miles down the road, there's the cop. And then the guy's mad at me because my flashing timing was all screwy. He's like, why, why, why'd that ass flash me so late? Why did I, you know? So now now you got this little flashing dance, flash dance, right? And you've got to decide who gets the flash, who doesn't. And so there's all kinds of emotions where you you go through this, this thing. Do I do it? Don't I do it? Am I guilty? Am I breaking the law? What a great guy I am. Finally I have to stop. Oh, no, I'm going to, you know. You're just like juggling all these emotions. It's a very interesting thing. But like I said, I, I don't know if people do it anymore. Can you guys think of the last time anyone flashed their headlights at you? Or better yet, can you remember a time when you flashed people going the other way? Does it even happen anymore? Or do we just live in a world where it's like, ah, screw them. Do you get the feel of nowadays a lot of people in, the, in this kind of volatile world we live in that people are almost like kind of kind of happy they're going the other way and instead of helping their neighbor and flashing they're going that sucker's about to get a ticket what a loser that dork's about to get lit up and get a hundred and forty dollar speeding ticket Ha, sucker did you get the feeling that maybe that's the mindset of people these days as opposed to the old days in the 60s and the 70s when people were, Howdy neighbor, can I help you unload your groceries from your car? Nowadays it's like, unload your groceries? What do you want me to throw my back out and, and sue you? Sue you for, for back, back pain damages? So I don't know. Maybe maybe you want to call me and tell me. Let me know where, where, where you stand. Are you a flasher? Or are you a a, a sadistic, gleeful ticket person? So there you go. That's where I kind of got the idea for the Dr. Debbie flashing bit. And uh, I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to do my civic duty. And when I'm out in public, I'm going to keep flashing. You can thank me later. (laughs)
2: The Harland Highway. Crazy news stories. That's weird. Wow. That's strange stuff.
0: Yep. It's time. It's time for some crazy news stories, boys and girls. Uh, I'm almost hesitant to read this one, man. I mean this one let me just read it and you'll see why I was hesitant. Here's the crazy news story headline for today. Mother arrested after attempting to saw off head of autistic son because she felt overwhelmed. Um, two words, babysitter. What the hell? I mean, can can you not go have a coffee? Can you not have a Xanax? Can you not have a timeout? I mean, you know, well, there's a the solution. Let's say uh, the kid's crying again. Someone give me the saw. I'll tell you what'll make him quiet if his, his uh, vocal cords and his windpipe aren't connected to his mouth. I'll just cut his head off. Mommy will have a nap and then we'll go get some ice cream. This is just crazy. A Maryland mother was arrested for allegedly trying to saw off the head of her autistic son because she felt overwhelmed and was worried he would grow up to be a burden to society. <laughs> Good Lord. Aren't you considered a burden to society when you're cutting babies' heads off? Is that, is that possibly fall into that category there, nutcake? Christina Petrie, 46, was charged with attempted first-degree murder, first-degree child abuse, and second-degree child abuse for an incident, incident involving her 11-year-old autistic son. Do we even need the the, 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 the child abuse charge? Like, once you just get to attempted first-degree murder, do you really need follow-up charges? I think cutting a kid's head off is pretty clear. Like, murder is killing and abuse is abusing. If somebody's been murdered and they're dead, the abuse just doesn't really matter. Anything following the murder just doesn't really matter because there's no one left. Um, and this is the, I thought it was a young little baby, an 11-year-old kid? That's it's a long time to hang around. Oh, God, the kid's been around for 11 years. I think it's time. I think it's time. Little little Billy lost his head. It said the incident began when Petrie's son came home from school and went into his room to play video games. The boy's mother appeared a short while later with a bone saw in hand and asked why he was not doing his homework. I would have said, I'm doing it now, Mom. That's not a bone saw in your hand, is it? Because I'm, I'm crunching numbers over here. I'm writing an essay. I'm reading Shakespeare. I'm doing a science experiment. That's definitely not a bone saw in your hand, is it, Ma? That's when Petrie pinned the boy down and then allegedly jammed the cutting tool against her son's neck and began moving it back and forth multiple times. Oh my God the small child managed to get loose from the grip of his mother who according to her is five foot six and 175 pounds man that's a that's a tough kid. That's a strong kid man that guy might want to get into uh, the wrestling Olympic wrestling games get on the team man you're 11 years old and you out wrestle your, your mother with a bone saw on your neck. You got some mad skills, bro. Petrie allegedly confessed to her husband, who admitted the deranged woman, to MedStar Montgomery Medical Center, where she reportedly said she felt overwhelmed and she feared that both her sons would grow up to be a burden to society. And as a result, quote, they needed to die. Are you starting to kind of feel that movie Halloween at all? You, you get the feeling this might be the Michael Myers of the female set? Man, well, whatever happened to get the kid to a counselor? Send the kid to daycare. Can we skip right over that? Maybe buy a bottle of Xanax for the kids, you know? Maybe, maybe they won't be such a burden on society when they're a little stoned. And I don't know, but when was the last time you felt burdened by a kid playing video games in his bedroom? I mean, you know, that's a kid in a in a wooden room, a box. He's not bothering me. If I was the neighbor, I'd be like, you know what? I haven't seen your son in a while. I, I sometimes I see him through his bedroom window playing uh, video games. What a great kid. Uh, whatever you do, don't saw his head off, okay? I don't mind him playing video games. It's quiet, it's peaceful. Yet, Please don't saw his head off. Okay, well, I see you have a bone saw in your hand. Go ahead and do what you want there. They're your kids. Petrie also reportedly said she tried to kill her kids again when asked why she was at the hospital. What a, oh, wait, wait, no, hold on. Petrie also reportedly said she tried to kill her kids again when asked why she was at the hospital, but a search of her name in the District Court of Maryland records only turned up the March 12th case. Oh, so I guess this had happened before. Police say they met with the boy days after the attack and noticed several thin lines with the skin broken and some scabbing. Police said they also noticed cuts on his left shoulder and red marks between his shoulder blades. Okay, now I'm starting to think this for uh, forget about the the guy from Halloween, Michael Myers with the knives. How about the how about Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre? When you're making fine cuts between shoulder blades, that that's the sign of a butcher, man. That is the sign of someone getting ready to carve up a cow carcass. This woman, maybe she maybe she's just hungry. Sure, her last name's Petrie or Dolmer. What the hell? Wow. So anyways, on a serious note, thank God those kids are okay. And on a real serious note, be careful who you're hiring as your babysitter. And when they come to the door, make sure that they don't have a freaking bone knife in their hand. Lord.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
1: hello hello hey harlan it's lonnie again um so my message got cut off the first time <laughs> um so yeah first time caller enjoy the show love your comedy saw you in cleveland laugh the entire time So Casey from Wisconsin, the land of cheese, um, you know, was feeling sad. And um, you gave him some inspirational wisdom, if you will. And that's great. And you seem to always have something wonderful to say to people and seem very intellectual. Um, My joke for Casey is... Has he ever smelled mothballs? If so, how did he get their little legs apart? Thank you, Harlan. I hope Casey enjoys the joke. I hope people enjoy the joke. Um, and look forward to seeing you in the future. Bye. Chicken chow mein, baby. I like water
2: chestnuts, Dr. Debbie Farmer.
0: Hey Lonnie, thank you for calling back Uh, Lonnie had called in a while back A few podcasts ago And uh, before that, before Lonnie had called in Another caller had called in And he was feeling down And he he left a message saying that He was going through a rough patch And he asked me if I had any uh, advice Or any thoughts that, that, you know Could help him maybe get through his low low period, and so I, I rifled off a few thoughts and ideas, and uh, tried to tried to be a little uh, a little inspirational for the the gentleman and lift his spirits. And Lonnie had called in to respond to to that whole episode, and in the middle of her phone call, she got cut off. So I had ca- I had asked Lonnie to call back and finish her message. So there she did, true to her word. Lonnie called back. And in her effort to uh, to lift the spirits of, of the listener, Lonnie laid down her own little joke to uh, put a smile on the listener's face, the guy that was feeling down. So we got the little mothball joke and a uh, real treat. So, Lonnie, thank you for, for getting back. Thank you for your concern for your fellow pavement pounder and uh offering your support and your humor and all the rest of it, all your good wishes. that's what it's all about man when when somebody when somebody falls down man, you gotta reach down and lend a hand and help pick them on up um that's actually a good question. do you do you do that do you uh, do you help your friends or you, are you one of those people that gets in there and likes to, to help or are you an avoider? Are you like, oh God, Daryl's Daryl's feeling down again. I, I think I'll just uh, I won't call him for a couple of days. I'll uh, avoid Daryl for a little bit for the next little while. Is that is that you, or are you one of these people where you're like, oh God, Daryl, Daryl. I've I'm, you know what? I'm gonna call Daryl up and take him out. I'm gonna take him out for lunch or dinner. I'm gonna I'm gonna meet up with him or I'm gonna console him. Oh, Daryl, let's talk, buddy. Let's talk. Are you one of those people? What are you? Are you a, are you a runner and a hider? Or Are you a run tour and a helper? And if you're thinking about it, and you're not happy with your answer, maybe you've got to change your ways. Maybe you gotta dig down and think about, gee. What would happen if I needed somebody? What would happen if I was feeling down and everyone ran away from me and no one wanted to talk to me and nobody wanted to hear my my despair? You'd be kind of hanging out there all alone, man. And then, then you might spiral even deeper. And I know sometimes it's a heavy trip, right, to get involved with your friend's baggage and their emotions and... But sometimes just to to have a listening ear is all someone really needs. So think about that in your world, your circle of friends and family. Is there someone out there that might need a loving ear? Is there someone you know that might need uh, to sit and talk and look in your eyes and have a coffee and maybe have a cry? or get some some emotional baggage out, or just talk, and you've been like avoiding, or you've been kind of putting it off, or you kind of know you should be that person, but you're not doing it, you're not stepping up. I always look at it like this, and I don't mean to be morbid, but think about those days where, you have you ever been in the hospital? Or you ever been sick and you got to get to the hospital? or, Or you even think about your dying days when you're laying in your hospital bed if that's the way you go? And the people that you love, the people that you knew, the people that you know, the people you thought were your friends, they show up. They show up at the hospital and they grab your hand and they pull up a chair and they look in your eye and they're just there for you to comfort you. Even though they can't stop it, they can't they can't take away your pain they, if you' if you're dying, they can't stop the hands of time but but just to know that they walked in the door and they 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 were there, they feel they felt for you, they feel for you. And that's that's maybe the core of our human experience. That might be the ultimate core. The essence of the human experience. Because as you know, all the material stuff fades away. When you get sick, when you go down for the count, oh boy, nothing can help you. Your fancy car or your bank account or your flashy clothes or your new teeth or whatever you got going. The only thing that's really there is the touch or the voice of a friend. Of someone who cares about you. Someone who loves you. So just, you know, don't be afraid to reciprocate. Big word there. Reciprocate the love and the emotions and the wants and the needs. Because that's the human engine right there. So just something to think about. If you've been negligent. Or you've kind of let your friends and family down in the past. Or someone, you could sense someone needed you. And yeah, sometimes maybe it's burdensome. Sometimes maybe it's like, oh God, do I got to go out and hear this for an hour or two hours? And I'm not mentally equipped to deal with someone else's baggage. But sometimes you got to put your own needs off to the side or behind you and and be there. You ever heard that term? Just be there for someone else, and just let it let them let them loose, man. Let 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 them let you be their sounding board. Let them dump it all out on you. And sometimes it's painful, and sometimes it's rewarding, and and sometimes it's 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 not about you. It's just about them so you let you let them have their moment and even if it's uncomfortable or or tedious whatever it may be put what you think it is to the side and let it be about them let them talk let them communicate let them emote let them express and be a friend be a caring loving fellow human being And be there for them and know that they'll hopefully be there for you. And if there's nobody there for you, you got me. I'm right here. I'll listen to your phone call. I'll make a little comment for you like I did for Chad. Or like our last caller just left a little joke, a little showed some concern, some compassion. I'm not lecturing. I'm just throwing it all out there. It's part of the human experience. I'm starting to sound like Dr. Debbie Timer here all of a sudden. I like what? Yes, that's Dr. Debbie Timer. Ro- Roger, would you stop playing? Turn it off. Stop playing that. I was having a serious moment here with the listeners. Stop. That annoying Karen Bindleblast or whatever the hell her name is. God,
2: I like water
0: chestnuts. Okay, Roger, enough. That you know what? There, you just you did one too many, and I'm gonna stop the show. We're gonna we're gonna end it right here. Thank you, can thank Roger, gang. Here I was getting all deep and talking about sharing and giving, and uh, then we get you know Karen Bindleblast or whatever her name is. That's okay. But I'm not going to end negative. I'm going to end positive. I've got some exciting news. Oh, yes, some exciting news. Here's a big announcement. You ready? And people have been waiting for this for a long time. So here it is. If you're a fan of my cartoon, my Disney Junior cartoon, The Puppy Dog Pals, a show that I created and write on and uh, creatively produce and do voices on and all that stuff, Um, the second season is set to launch. Ready? Drum roll, please. (laughs) Here we go. October the 18th. Yes. Very soon. We're talking about, uh, three, three, four weeks from now. October 18th, season two. All new episodes, all every episode new, and uh, the first season we did like uh, 50 episodes, and the show's going over so well that this time they've ordered 60 episodes. Can you believe it? So 60 brand new episodes of Puppy Dog Pals, and then even better news, good Lord, they just announced, Disney announced, They're ordering a season three. And I don't know how many episodes that one is yet, but I bet it's in the same wheelhouse, but we'll find out. A season three. Are you kidding me? Oh. So uh, for those of you with youngsters and uh, little kids and and junior kids that still don't have their heads sawn off yet, uh, please check out Puppy Dog Pals on Disney Junior. And I'll tell you what. Just so you adults out there who have kids, who are like, oh god, not a little kids' cartoon. Well, most adults who watch the show actually really enjoy it because it's not a it's not a little condescending show. It's actually it's actually fun, and we try to throw in a little bit of sneaking a little bit of humor for the adults. And it's done so well, and uh, everyone on the team at Disney does such a good job with the show. It's unbelievable, and. I'm beyond grateful that, that we're going to do a season three and we, we did a season one and season two's coming out. I mean, I'll tell you, when I first pitched this idea to Disney years ago, I was happy. I would have been happy if one episode played. And here we go. We're going to be, uh, you know, heading towards uh, up over a hundred. It's just, uh, it's beautiful. And the best part is that children and kids are really loving it and it's enriching their lives and it's bringing them joy and laughter and and, and uh, fun and adventure. And it's just, it's really, I don't know. It's one of those things where you go, gosh, my life's worth living, you know. When you create something that, that reaches out and touches so many people, I mean, this cartoon is 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 played in over a hundred and forty countries around the world. I go on airplanes, I see it on airplanes. I go to other countries, I see it playing in other countries. It's all over the internet. It's all over uh, you know digital platforms like you know on your your television. It's just uh, it's just amazing. So. I count my blessings, and I'm glad that everyone's enjoying Puppy Dog Pals. And here's another little secret announcement. I am currently working on some new shows. Oh, yes. You think I was going to stop at Puppy Dog Pals? Not a chance, eh? I am currently working on some new shows that I've created. I can't tell you what they are or where they are yet. But they are in the works, ladies and gurgle nargans, and I am gonna hopefully be able to keep the content coming for you and your youngsters over the many next generations. So uh, I'll keep you posted when when these new projects get closer to fruition. But we are uh, we are working on them; the wheels are in motion, and I will keep you informed. As, uh, as more details emerge, and, you know, the reason I kind of hold this stuff back is the, the places that I work with, they like to kind of uh, have control over when and how information comes out on their project. So I can't just blurt it out and say, oh, this is exactly what I'm doing. And they kind of like to, uh, you know, ramp this stuff up and do press releases. And there's a whole choreography to... Getting the word out on projects. So I, I kind of have to watch my step that I don't, you know, spill the beans too early. But what's fun about that is I get to tease you guys with it. <laughs> Just give you little, little pieces. and But today was a good day. I gave you lots of news. I, I gave you the date, October 18th for season two. And that uh, we have a season three. And the other stuff, like I said, I'll keep you in the loop as it moves forward, Okay. Okay, Uh, what other announcements do we have that aren't cartoons? How about uh, October 18, 19, and 20? Yours truly will be at the Spokane Comedy Club in Spokane, Washington. How about that? October 18, 19, 20, Spokane Comedy Club. And then November 1, 2, and 3. Guess what? I'm back in Washington again at the Tacoma Comedy Club. Hello. Tacoma, and then uh, November 15, 16, 17, I am in Irvine, California at the Improv, uh, the Improv Comedy Club, that's the same club where I filmed my Caramel Corn the Pug, Kick em in the Kibble special, which by the way, if you haven't got it yet, it is available, it is now streaming at Amazon Prime, if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can go Log in and you can uh, rent "Caramel Corn the Pug." It's my stand-up comedy special that I did as a dog, if you can believe it. You can buy it for like nine bucks, or you can rent it for like three bucks. And uh, if you're looking for a, a good laugh, and why, if if you've never had a chance to watch a, a pug, a six-foot-two pug do an hour of stand-up comedy. You haven't really started to live yet, so check that out on uh, Amazon Prime. Wow. Also, if you don't have our app, it's free. You can go in your uh, cell phone and download the Harlan Highway app and listen to our podcast wherever you may be. It's totally free. You get the 50 latest episodes of the podcast. And if you want the whole collection, almost a 1000 a thousand episodes of the Harlan Highway. By golly, just go to uh, go to our uh, our website, harlanwilliams.com, and click on the podcast link, and you can become a premium member for $20 a year. You get oh, almost a thousand episodes of the Harlan Highway. Can you believe it? Good Lord. Whoo! So, uh, so check that out. Also, uh, go to harlanwilliams.com. Check out the comedy schedule I told you about. You can pre-order your tickets at the website. You can also visit our store. We have a great uh, a great store at the website. You can order fun merchandise, and we will mail it out to you. All right. So there you go, everybody. A kumbaya. Make sure you're uh, tuned into your friends and family. Be there for them. And hope that they'll be there for you. And uh sweet loving to all. And that's it for today. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, gang, and until next time, no flashing. And of course, chicken
2: chow man, baby. Chicken chicken chow, chicken, chow, man, baby. I like water chestnuts.